We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is trying to figure out their relationship logistics. Mm. But. Before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Correct. We are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this or accredited in any way to give you advice. We are just two people with microphones. So please take our advice as you see fit and seek professional support from people who know what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, Sam. Today is Monday. Juneteenth. So we are going to have a check-in topic, and that check-in topic is inspired by something I learned from our friend Casey Tanner over at Queer Sex Therapy, which is a great Instagram account resource. Um, We had them on our show, uh, interviewed them a year ago, plus um, they're amazing, Mm -hmm. and their Instagram is great. And recently, Casey shared something where they were talking about rules of engagement to utilize when you are in a healthy relationship um, about around conflict. And the the rules come from someone named Ruth Cohn. And the rule that Sam and I are going to dive into today is called the 90-10 rule. And that is basically an agreement that 10% of your conflict with your partner is actually about the content of the conflict, right? Like, Mm -hmm. 
you didn't load the dishwasher <laughs> or, or right. um, you didn't call me back right away um, when you got home from work or whatever. And 90% of the conflict is about the wounding and the trauma and the baggage and the history and your cultural conditioning and, and all of these things, right? Like it's, you used the word logistics earlier to talk about the letter that we're going to talk about. Um, and I thought that was a perfect word. Like 10% of it is about the actual details, logistics of the conflict, you know, mm-hmm. and 90% about it, 90% of it is about how we are taught, trained, triggered to respond to said conflict. For sure. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. I think that that is a a good reminder for us to like, think about, um, about like what's under the surface for us. Right. Like I, I think that self-awareness in most instances is like a good place to start (laughs) of like, of like, why am I so mad about the dishwasher not being loaded? Or like, why am I so mad that we're late again? Right. Like there are things where we can look at it and say like, what is this, what is this thing saying about me, saying about our relationship, saying about our household, saying like all of this, like stuff that's kind of under the surface that is a product of yes. our families of origin, our cultural conditioning, like all of this stuff our that we're attachment, talking about. attachment, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, oh, when you don't load the dishwasher, it tells me that uh, you don't care about our household, right? right? Or when you don't load the dishwasher and people are coming over, my cultural conditioning around having the house clean when people come over is triggered. It's We're going to tell that it's going to mean that we're, we're not taking care of ourselves, that we don't respect them, right? Like that kind of stuff can be super helpful to get into. Yeah. And so I do think that thinking like 10% of this is above this, the waterline, right? Like it's like a iceberg, right? Like 10% of it is above the waterline, but if perfect. we're not paying yeah. attention to like the under stuff, then we're going to crash our ship into the iceberg yeah. if we're not careful. <laughs> I feel like this sort of equation or approach to thinking about conflict is particularly helpful to me right now in my life. You know, I'm in a, a, a stable, healthy, long-term relationship in which our conflicts are are mostly about logistics are about literally like who's going to take the baby to daycare <laughs> you know or like how many diapers did you pack for the baby you only packed three we're going to be here for four days what do you you know blah, blah, blah. i don't know making for all sure, this up for sure. but um you know i i i this i like this tool um as something to remember or to or to apply Especially when your relationship is, I don't know, mostly stable, right? And you can't Mm -hmm. figure out why certain things activate you so much, you know? Like, what's coming up here other than the dishes, like you said, other than the logistics? Um, Why am I feeling so anxious about people seeing my my unfolded laundry or, or whatever, but sure. you and I were having a great conversation about the about another way to look at this, which I really appreciate as well, which was if you want to introduce it. Oh, sometimes it's just about the material thing too, right? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. as you're, as we're thinking about like, of course, when we're thinking about our own approach to the world, we need to be paying attention to like what's above the surface and then like what's below the surface. But I also think that like in management of conflict, sometimes it's not sometimes the solution to the conflict is just doing the material thing and like not necessarily having to like get into like, you know, for me, it's like 
you know, I'm just frustrated that you didn't load the dishwasher, right? Like there's nothing underneath it. It's just that I asked you to yes. do a thing and you didn't do the thing, right? Like yeah. it's very material. That might actually be really true, but then we can get into this place where we're assuming like, oh, they're mad about the dishwasher. That means that they like might think that our relationship is like faltering, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This must, this must trigger their internal wound. And it's, and maybe it's just like, no, I just asked you to do a thing and you didn't do the thing. Yeah. So I do want to like create space for the idea that like for sure some of this may be about like our relationship or about like the symbolism behind yes. something but sometimes it's just like somebody asked you to do a thing and you didn't do it and now and the, the way to resolve annoyed. that conflict is not to have like a, a big old yeah. conversation about our triggers right but instead be like oh you're right absolutely let, like let me just uh love the dishwasher or, Oh, you're right. I did say that in a way that was like uncomfortable or let me you're let right. Go of like, it. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Right. Where it's like, sometimes we just need to like hear what the person is asking of us and just correct our behavior without yes. necessarily needing to like get into all of the nitty gritty about it in, in the moment. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, of course. I, <laughs> I actually really appreciate okay. this because I feel like, um, I feel like I can almost get introspection fatigue sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I, I, I really do love this um, approach to conflict. I am, I apply it multiple times a day, just thinking like, what is it? You know what it is? Marrying these two ideas, marrying the 90, 10 plus like sometimes the idea that it is just about the dishes <laughs> and not about like your childhood <laughs> trauma, marrying them together being aware that I am a immensely complex expression of a lifetime of diverse experiences For sure. <laughs> yeah, allows absolutely. me to, f to let go faster when I know like, you know what, I'm like really sensitive to having people over at our house, you know, when our house is messy, I know where that's coming from. I don't have to examine it more. I, my, yep. I feel like healed and whole and acknowledged and I can like let go of it faster or my significant other didn't make eye contact with me when they made that comment. I know that I have triggers in my past because when people like, you know, physically distance themselves from me, but like, yep. because I know that history, I know I'm sensitive to it, but I also, it's like, I can move on faster. When I marry, yeah, sure. when I marry those two ideas, I don't know if that is like articulate. No, I think at it's all, helpful. I think it, I think you're sort of speaking to the idea that like having spending more time in the ninety percent allows us to like then work live in the, the ten percent more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Where where it's like, you know, I you didn't load the dishwasher and. I find that frustrating because like I find it frustrating when people don't do what I ask. And like, also like this was a job that I like all of this stuff, but then you're just like, Oh, I asked you to load the dishwasher and you didn't load it. Can you, can you load it? <laughs> like I, I'm not like triggered. I'm not like, but I, I just need you to do this thing for me. The 90% is on us, right? Yeah. The 90%, yeah. It, the 90% is about our awareness, right? Mm. Oh, that's why I'm getting so activated. That's why I'm being so sensitive. That's why I snapped yep. in that way, right? It's not right. on your partner to, you know, anticipate that, to heal that, to, you know, um, n move throughout the their, their life trying to prevent that from being activated again. It's about you moving forward with that knowledge and, mm -hmm. and trying to nurture and heal yourself accordingly. But to the point that Sam was making that I totally agree with, 
there is this fatigue, right? Of like, oh my God, I'm so, you know, like everything that's ever happened to me is always happening again. (laughs) There's like this frustration (laughs) of like, can I just like have a conversation about dishes and not be like, this is my childhood trauma? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can, you know, like. You can, absolutely, yes. We are resilient. We, we We are a product of everything and we are also, you know, resilient and capable of, of seeing things just as they are. For sure. Just dishes. (laughs) Sometimes it's just the dishes, you know, like that doesn't have to be anything, anything deeper. Um, or maybe the solution to the conflict or the, the way to manage the conflict doesn't need to get into like the nitty gritty. Instead, it can just be like, cool. I will do the thing that you asked me yeah. to do because you asked me to do it <laughs> like, yeah. or, or I will apologize for the thing that I said, because I agree that there was a thing that was like not an appropriate thing to say, right? Like yeah. there's, there's a way in which we can operate where we don't necessarily have to get into the, the introspection fatigue that I think many of us are struggling with. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Love that conversation. Let's dive into today's letter. It is from Reluctant Baby Mama, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from probably Doucheville. (laughs) (laughs) How do I tell my significant other that she would be a bad mom? Hi, Sam and Sierra. Before I start off, thank you so much for this gem of a podcast. It has helped me feel seen and I get such good perspective. I am in need of probably some tough love. I, 33, she, her, have been in a long distance relationship for a year with my girlfriend, 35, she, her. Let's call her Boo. Although I haven't said the L word yet, mainly because of the distance, I feel really connected with Boo, and I hope we can continue to grow and develop in relationship with one another. From the beginning of our relationship, Boo has had two deal breakers, that she wants to travel from country to country every few years, and that she wants kids. I'm super excited about the first and not so much about the second. I'm neutral Mm. to negative in terms of kids. I was a nanny when I was studying and I have lots of cousins. So I've been surrounded by small children most of my life. That being said, I'm not against having children. So I could see it uh, happening in the next few years. Boo, on the other hand, has spent a year teaching children abroad, but otherwise doesn't have much experience of them by her own admission. This is probably where I sound like a massive dick. My worry is that Boo wants children, but doesn't really appreciate what that means. Boo is a self-confessed introvert who prefers to do nothing and any sort of social interaction, in her words, exhausts her. She's funny and kind and caring, but she's also short-tempered and has told me that she thinks shouting and maybe even hitting children is okay. Whilst this doesn't mean she would be a bad mom, I don't think she realizes how hard parenting is children really don't give a fuck if you're exhausted or not and in my opinion the day i hit a child is the day i fail as a parent whenever we discuss anything about children she brushes off any hardship as if it won't happen or just tells me that i don't understand because i don't have a maternal instinct something that i've confirmed to her when or something that i've confirmed to her and we have discussed In terms of her plans to move countries, we've spoken in the past about uprooting children, and her response is, they'll get over it. Whilst children who move around aren't necessarily scarred by it, I just don't understand the reasoning. In my own world, children are a joy, but also an important consideration that change your life and that their needs should come first, or at least while they're of formative ages. 
My parents pursued their dreams within the confines of the stability that we needed as children. And I can't imagine uprooting children from their friends, family, and school systems just on a whim. Am I being a dick? What do I do? I feel like I'm moving towards a situation where she persuades me into children and then realizes how hard it is. And then I'm left to pick up the pieces with children that I was potentially ambivalent about. Do I talk to her or just break up? Hmm. All right, reluctant baby mama. Thank you for writing us uh, and trusting us with this question. Um, I just want to say off the bat that I think that your concerns about like what this relationship would look like um, in terms of having kids moving around the different parenting styles that you two seem to want to espouse and, and your concern about the idea of, you know, whether or not your partner's perspective on what child rearing is going to look like are like too rosy or optimistic, (laughs) right? Like I think that all of those concerns are a hundred percent valid. And I, and I don't think that you're a dick for having those concerns. And I think Sierra and I are going to talk a little bit about how you can sort of frame this in a perspective that might make it a little bit easier for you to navigate and, and maybe have some conversations, some really realistic conversations with your partner about what your future is going to look like. Uh, But before we get into it, uh, we are going to take a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment 
That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darling. Thank you so much for trusting us with this letter. Uh, I totally agree with Sam. You're not being a dick. These are really important things um, to be transparent about, to to flesh out with your partner. Um, you know, when I was preparing for this letter, I was thinking about our resistance to not just conflict in relationships, but how sometimes it's hard to navigate when you and your partner disagree about things. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to navigate it when you disagree about, you know, your vision of having children. It's, it's hard to navigate it when you disagree on like how fast to drive or what to get for dinner, you know, um, <laughs> for sure. there will always, you will always disagree about, um, strategies, approaches, um, even if you become parents, you will always disagree um, uh, about things like you will never be completely in harmony. However, you have to be in alignment on at least the big things, right? You have mm -hmm. to be in alignment about the things that are connected to your morals and your vision for your future. And to be honest, I, I guess I just want to take time during this response to tell you that it's absolutely okay to not want to have children. And it's also okay to not want to have children with this person that you love, <laughs> sure. yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, because it sounds like you don't want to, it sounds like there would have to be major character differences, changes. Um, and it, it would have you would a lot of labor would have to happen for you two to get on the same page about the approaches of parenting that you think are appropriate or not appropriate. Yep. Choosing to not, you know, it, it's like, for example, um, I'm trying to think about something with me and my wife and our baby. Like, uh, <laughs> this is stupid, but it's a perfect example. I like to dress my child in clothing that matches. <laughs> willow doesn't care about that she doesn't care about that yeah 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 uh-huh yeah? i can all of that makes 100 percent sense to me based on what we i know about disagree. you disagree 
<laughs> we disagree. And that's a fine thing to disagree with. And, and, and to be honest, it, that's such a stupid frivolous, frivolous thing, but like I had to let go of control, right? Like I have to say mm -hmm. there are approaches to parenting that I'm just, we're just not going to be in alignment. On. She's going to care about yep. things that I don't care about and vice versa. However, having your child be in one secure place for a significant amount of time during their formative years or not huge disagreement, huge thing. Yep. That that's something that you have to be in alignment with physical punishment. Mm -hmm. I absolutely a huge deal breaker for me. Right. Yep. Have to be in alignment about that. And then at the end of the day, wanting children or not and, and wanting children with this person, um, mm -hmm. You ask, like, should I talk about it or just break up? The obvious answer is got to talk about it. But but first, I want to just say, like, it's these reservations are are very reasonable. And it's also mm -hmm. OK to love someone and to not want. It's OK to love someone and to have a differing vision for your future. Right. But yep. w at some point, that differing vision is going to become reality. Right. And you're going to sure. have to act on it one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think it might be helpful for you to look at this situation and instead of thinking about it in like, this person's going to trick me into being a parent and then they're going to be a bad mom. Right. Right. Like that's a very sort of like, um, well, you're making a lot That's, of assumptions there. A lot I of think. assumptions. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think it would be helpful if we sort of looked at this in the idea of, like Sierra said, you two have different approaches to what parenting would look like and right. whether or not you <clears throat> want to be parents. And then I want you to do the internal work of figuring out for yourself, where are the hard lines in this, right? If you were to be a parent what would that parenting need to look like for you to be okay with saying yes to? Yes. Right? And I want you to, and I want you to think about it. And I want you to think like, it would not be okay for us to move a lot. It would not be okay for us to use uh, physical punishment, right? It would not be okay for us to um, whatever else the thing might yeah. be. Or if we're going to do this, here's what I would need, right? I right. would need, we would need to talk about what co-parenting looks like, right? We would need to have some pretty set sort of ideas of who's doing what and how are we going to hold ourselves accountable to those things, right? Obviously recognizing that like once the baby comes, it's like all of that planning kind of goes everywhere. <laughs> Honestly, babies are great for introverts because you can't do a goddamn thing. <laughs> That's right. You just have to stay home. They're exhausting no matter who, who you are. <laughs> well, I, I think about like, it's not, it's not about first. It's not about what's Sam and I are not trying to say which parenting style is right or wrong. Our priority no, here not. is to get you to talk about, um, you know, uprooting kids, what uprooting kids means to you. Like Sam said, yep. talk about this incompatibility um, because it's, it's not even about who's right or wrong or what approaches is, what we would do, you know, what method it's about yep. this fact that you guys are not on the same page. For sure. Yeah. I mean, as I was reading your letter, I think that the thing that I took away from it is that like it, you feel very unempowered in this situation, right? Like you feel like all of this stuff is happening to you. Yes. And I want to just like offer you the idea that like you also get to make decisions about your own life and your own relationship. I understand that these are deal breakers for her that she wants kids and she wants to move countries every, every two years. Those don't really feel like compatible deal breakers to me, but like we could, we could talk about that separately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But I also want to say that like you get to decide whether or not those deal breakers are confines, which in you with when within which you can have this relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and I think that you can also come to this and say like, I am actually not going to have children with you unless we can agree to some of these things. And if, if we can't, then like we, we can't be in relationship with each other or we need to be in a relationship with each other without kids or whatever it might be. But you are an active player in this relationship. You get to make decisions about how you want to participate in it. And I know that it feels like she's sort of putting these, these rules on you, but, but I want to say that you can have boundaries around these rules, right? You can say like that rule is not working for me, or we need to be doing something differently in this way. So I think looking at this more as like we are two people coming into this with particular points of view around how our relationship is going to look like in the future, rather than just saying she's a strong opinionated person and I'm somebody who's just going to go along to get along and get right? punished by it. And then, yeah. and then, then deal with her yeah. stuff, you know, like yeah. I want you to be like, Oh no, I am also an equal player yeah. in this relationship. And I get to also make some decisions about what is or isn't okay with me in terms of what the future of our relationship looks like, what our children, how our children are going to be raised, like all of that stuff as well. I love that. Um, and I want to add to, um, all things are possible. And I don't mean that in the way that I think a lot of people s say something like that when we were talking about like wanting to have children or not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you'll have them and you'll love them or you'll never know, you know, <laughs> oh, for sure. that's not Absolutely. what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm just saying there's a lot of assumption. Like Sam said, he's totally right. You, we read this letter and it's like, this is happening and this could happen and, and it's going to happen to me and it's going to happen in this way or mm -hmm. my, my partner is going to show up in this way. Um, I want you to approach this with curiosity and I also want you to approach it with surety that your needs and desires are totally valid and totally um, reasonable and yep. appropriate to advocate mm -hmm. for. Um, you don't have to go along with anything, but you'll, you know, who knows, maybe your partner will, will say like, you know what? I, I, I realized that there, to be honest, like Sam made a joke about it earlier, but it, it doesn't really sound like this person is like you said, really in touch with, um, what all of these logistics all at once would feel like, you know what and I mean? And it also like, I want to also like, I don't want to disparage this person because it may be that they're just not a, they're not a planner in the way right. that you I, that's are. That's exactly right? what I think it is, to be honest, <laughs> right? because yeah. sometimes like when, when, when Willow and I were talking about having babies, we would like sit and talk about like, well, what we're looking forward to, what we'd be afraid of all of these things. And sometimes, oh my God, like the check-in topic, we would, we would, we would come at something totally differently. And for example, when we talk about hard things, sometimes I talk about how we can endure them more than I talk about how actually hard they will be. And mm. at first in our relationship, Willow would interpret that as me not realizing the, like how actually hard things would be, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> sure, I would, yep. because I would go immediately to problem solving or strategizing, or I don't know, it could be mistaked as aloofness or like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like misplaced positivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe there's some communication barrier happening here. We don't know your partner. We don't know the ins and outs of them. Um, 
But it also just sounds like, uh, sounds like you need to talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with a lot of honesty. Th- Go ahead. No, and I think that like, I think approaching this too, as, as like, again, like understanding that this, this person isn't necessarily like a, is going to be a bad mom because she's not thinking about this logistics instead sort of being like, this person has a dream and vision for their life. And maybe they're not getting bogged down with a like minutia of what it's going to look like, but that doesn't mean that they're not capable of stepping up once it actually happens. Right. And adjusting and shifting and, and doing what they need to do. Right. Like exactly. Yes. Some of us are planners. Right. And some of us take things as they go. Right. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, when that happens, we'll figure it out. Like, that's a lifestyle. And it's not a bad one. It's just different than people who are like, yes, but what about this and this and this and this and this and this doesn't mean either of them is unprepared for what's going to happen. It just means that they're going to approach it differently in the moment. Yes. I and I, I really appreciate that distinction. And that makes it that much more important for you to say, like, I don't really see my life with children. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes it that much <laughs> yeah. more important for you to be like, and if I did have kids, I wouldn't want to do these things. Are we in alignment? Can we can we can we create a shared vision for our future that we both say, yes, this is what I want. Not waiting for the other person to change their mind, not waiting for the other person to change their lived, yep. you know, experience style. Um for sure. but instead being like, can we can we truly see a life in which we are are doing this as co-parents together yeah. in in a way that feels true and authentic to both of us? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my darling. Thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this letter. We yeah. love you. We love you. We hope this helps. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, or if you would like your episodes ad free, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to all of our episodes without ads. That's patreon.com slash just pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where we find, where you can find our merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend, Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and his music under Big Cats. And remember, disagreeing is an inevitable part of partnerships, of relationships Mm. of all different kinds, romantic or not. We are not going to see eye to eye with everyone, especially someone we spend the majority of our time communicating with. We, we are just too different, too diverse. But you do need to be in alignment on at least the big things, the things that represent your future, your goals, your morals. And it's okay to advocate for those things. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>